like to welcome my listeners to the Truth Sayer Report, hosted by Jeffrey Hawkins. The global mission of the podcast, the Truth Sayer Report, is to explore and examine historical events and how they shape current events and most importantly, our lives. The Truth Sayer Report, Episode 8, The Civil War with a Twist, The Truth. There have been thousands of books written and movies produced to tell the tale of the American Civil War, its horrors, its brutality, and its glory. The picture created was that of a noble and honorable endeavor to free the slaves and end the institution of slavery. Unfortunately, it is not the main reason for the war. There is no question that slavery was a major factor concerning the Civil War. The North is where the Boston Tea Party took place, the original American tax revolt. The majority of the Revolutionary War was fought in New England. The desires of the American settlers were self-determination, self-rule, the elimination of indentured servitude, overtaxation, and the freedom for all. In the first Continental Congress held in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the Founding Fathers' original draft of the Declaration of Independence included the statement that the Negro was a free and equal citizen. However, the Southern delegation refused to sign it if that statement remained. In spirit, the American settlers wanted to create a country free for all its citizens. However, the beliefs of Adam Smith, the author and founder of capitalism, stated, and I quote, the greatest human motivator is self-interest. To the Southern elites and political leaders, self-interest was to ensure the state's rights with its main focus on the institution of slavery. Therefore, in order to create the United States of America, the statement was removed. In American history, it is known as the Great Omission. Let's examine and explore the true reason for the American Civil War. The North's population was larger than the South with numerous big cities and its economy was focused on industrialization. There were factories throughout the North and the industrial might proved to be too much for the Confederates. In addition, America's industrialization became the deciding factor in World War I and in World War II. The South's territory was rural with a much smaller population and its economy was based on agriculture. The main areas were farming and plantations with king cotton as the driving crop. Cotton was the largest crop and represented the majority of crops exported to European countries. First, we start with the North. It believed in a national or central government, aka a federal government. A federal government is where the hands of power rest at a national level and rule over the states. An example would be no state can enter into a trade deal or relationship with a foreign country without the approval of the Office of the Secretary of State, i.e. the State Department. The South's true desires were for a confederacy, which means all parts are equal with no governing body complete states' rights. 
the Confederacy's mission would be to provide communication and secure shared systems such as currency. An example, Confederate money. It is clear that the system of a federal government and a confederacy were diametrically opposed to one another and most certainly could not exist in one country. The American Civil War was inevitable. Again, slavery was a major contributing factor, but now the picture is much clearer as to the real issue. In the North, Negroes were free, but they faced many problems. Industrialization produced tens of thousands of factory jobs, but fueled racial hostility and resentment of the Negro who wished to seek employment and work in general labor. Housing discrimination was a great dilemma as well, because neighborhoods were segregated. The Negro had freedom, but it was limited. In the antebellum South, much like many Central American countries of today, were controlled by 10% of the population. During this period, and up to the Civil War, the Southern elite owned 90% of the land. Less than 10% of the Southern population owned slaves. The ability to purchase, maintain, and operate small farms and or businesses with the use of slaves was very expensive. Most Southern citizens who operated small farms and businesses were poor. They were in no position to compete with the Southern elite in the marketplace. The Southern politician and economic leaders had created America's first system of the haves versus the have-nots. In 1808, the United States Congress passes legislation which ends the transatlantic slave trade. Many Northern politicians supported the bill. And again, this gives the appearance of a noble cause. Unfortunately, the real purpose of the legislation was to end foreign entities from profiting from the slave trade. In addition, it banned any foreign entities from bringing slaves to America. Soon after, numerous slave breeding camps were introduced with the two largest in Virginia and in Maryland. America wanted the slave industry to be a domestic business only. In the 1840s, a young politician from Illinois will begin his ascent, which will lead him to becoming the President of the United States of America. His name was Abraham Lincoln. As a young man, he was indifferent to the citizenship and the equality for the Negro. He was not a proponent of the institution of slavery, but nor did he believe that the Negro was an equal person. Abraham Lincoln was elected as a U.S. Senator and began to learn the real issue between the North and the South. Through the journey of adulthood and becoming a political leader, his position concerning slaves and the Negro began to change. Muhammad Ali once said, if you are the same person at 50 that you were at 20, then you have just wasted 30 years of your life. In 1860, Abraham Lincoln is elected as the President of the United States of America. 
As president, he had a clear understanding of the division between the governing desires of the North and the South. He began to strengthen the position of the necessity for a strong federal government. The Southern leaders saw the handwriting on the wall, and in order to protect their political and economic system of privilege, the South's elite and politicians had no interest or desire to be controlled or be told what to do by Yankees. They began a political campaign to convince the Southern rank and file that the North wanted to destroy their way of life. Sadly, the masses failed for the propaganda to their own demise. Initially, seven Southern states seceded from the Union of the United States of America and denounced their allegiance and citizenship. They created a new country and they named it the Confederate States of America, the Confederacy, the CSA. Soon after, four additional states joined along with Kentucky and Missouri as sympathizers. In April of 1861, the Confederacy attacks the United States of America at Fort Sumter, South Carolina. The American Civil War began. In January of 1863, President Lincoln issues the Emancipation Proclamation, which states all slaves are free. The main purpose was not all altruistic, but more importantly, to demoralize the South. Now, President Lincoln begins to ponder the question, what to do with the freed slaves and the Negro. He states that white citizens will never accept them as equal citizens. Some of his possible solutions are, maybe we can send them back to Africa, even though most are American-born. However, there is an African country named Liberia, which was founded by freed slaves. Another possibility Provide land territory out west or relocate to Costa Rica. Ultimately, he decides there was no solution because he believed that U.S. citizens would not finance any of his proposals. He laments the prospect for the Negro and the freed slaves are desolate. In 1865, the Civil War ends with the Union of the United States victorious. The South's desire for a confederacy are destroyed, and the system of a federal government is cemented as the governing mechanism for the nation. As we've all learned in civics, there are three branches of federal government, the executive branch, the Congress, and the judiciary. For a brief period in United States history, the Negro began to see possibilities for full citizenship during Reconstruction. However, the civil and economic gains of the Negro were quickly dashed. Immediately after the Union's victory, General Sherman, starting in Savannah, Georgia, provides tens of thousands of freed male slaves with 40 acres and a mule to begin their new lives. Unfortunately, President Andrew Johnson states to the nation that America is for white men and rescinds 
the order along with repatriation of the land. However, in an act of kindness, he does allow the freed black slaves to keep the mules. Let's review the daunting details of the American Civil War. The Confederate States of America, the Confederacy, is the country which is responsible for the most deaths and injuries to United States of America soldiers in this nation's history. Never forget that the citizens of Canada, Central America, and South America are all Americans as well. However, they are not citizens of the United States of America, and neither were the Confederates. In August of 1963, at the March on Washington, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. addresses the nation with his most famous speech at the Lincoln Memorial, entitled, 100 Years After the Emancipation Proclamation, the Negro is Still Not Free. Sadly, President Abraham Lincoln's desires and hopes for a greater United States of America had not been realized. Well, in the final analysis, a lie is a lie until someone tells you the truth. Thank you for listening to the Truth Say Report, the Civil War with a twist, the truth, hosted by Jeffrey Hawkins. I would like to end my podcast with a quote from a great American artist, Mary Ingebright. If you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change the way that you think about it. Speak to you soon.